You are listening to the Food Means Business Podcast, which features the personal stories and secret ingredients behind what it's like to abandon your day job to start a food business. I'm Janaba Johnson-Jones, former marketing executive turned entrepreneur and founder of food business incubator Hudson Kitchen. Join our community of fellow food business owners and subject matter experts to learn and laugh with us as we explore a startup world that's a little more culinary and a lot less corporate these days. Well, hello, Najwa. Thank you so much for being here at the Food Means Business Podcast. Yeah, no, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here and connect. Me too. This was a long time coming. Um, I, I you know, have to say, like, I, I'm so proud of you. It's so weird to say, but I, I met you when you were making two trays of brownies and testing everything out. And now you're in a million stores and you'll tell us all about that. But I'm just so, so excited for you. So thank you. Congratulations. No, everything. thank you. And I always tell somebody, find find a Janaba, somebody you can cold call. <laughs> How do I start a food business? <laughs> yes, I can, I, I can help you help out with that. So, um, yeah, so we so we met um, just so everyone knows, listeners know that Naja was um, actually one of our first clients, um, members of Hudson Kitchen. Um, so we had the privilege of being a part of her journey. But I would love for you to just let's talk about your decision to leave corporate and actually launch your business in during a yeah. pandemic and all the other things that happened. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I'll be honest. Uh, it wasn't a decision. It was more <laughs> like I was forced kind of into it. And, uh, and what I mean by that is I, I was at a stage in my life where I was quite lost with how I wanted to utilize my skill set and what I was passionate about. I have a background in public health. I'm obsessed with it. Like I always thought that I would make these big changes in the world and cure all these diseases. I'm a lot more humble now. Um, but kind of how I got into food was accidental. I really love food. I hate dieting. I love me some pasta, dairy, wine, you name it. I love it. Sweets, obviously. Um, and I just, I found myself really struggling with the American way of being healthy where if you are trying to eat holistically, you don't have the time, um, where when you're trying to understand the source of food, you have to pay crazy amounts of money or like go all over the place to find a farm just to get something natural, organic and clean. Yeah. And I, you know, I went on this journey way before COVID because I had a lot of health issues and I ended up being, before you met me, like very, very healthy, reversing a lot of my health issues, eating clean. But where I stressed out and got back into like the American way of eating was when just career wise, I, I had to do more than a nine to five. I know we call it nine to five. But it's <laughs> never, it's never been it's a not. nine to five. <laughs> no, it's been like, oh my God, do I get home at nine? Is it weird to still eat at 9 p.m. kind of a thing? But um, I just hated the fact that I had to always, always cook something from scratch or bake something from scratch to believe in it being real and being okay for me to eat. And when I walked, actually, there's a, the Whole Foods in Edgewater, New Jersey. I don't know if you've ever been to that yeah, one. Oh, yes, I have, actually. Yeah. That's the location where I was inspired to start my brand. I was walking through the aisles looking for brands where I could just easily pick something pre-made that was adult-based, so not a kitty <laughs> snack or like an allergen-free kind of thing. I wanted like sophisticated flavors. I love soft baked desserts and all I wanted in my mind was something that I thought just would exist which was eight simple ingredients something clean no sugar alcohols and I couldn't find it and that's kind of when my tech pub, you know product management <laughs> kind of hat went on and I was like huh is there a market opportunity here and you know can I bake brownies and I was bored 
during COVID. I started taking out a KitchenAid and trying to bake. I had a friend who you met who was a chef (laughs) (laughs) at the time, Sophia. I don't know if you remember her. I do, I I do. (laughs) And I just thought, you know, maybe I could test this out. Like, what do I have to lose? I never actually thought I was going to start a business when we spoke. I thought I was testing something out. I spun up a quick Shopify website. I thought, you know, let me see what I can do. And I don't know if you remember this, but we had orders in that I didn't even have packaging for a recipe. Yes, <laughs> I remember. Yes. <laughs> I, was like, I have to fulfill the, these 200 orders that I don't know how. And that's what started it, that momentum. And then all of a sudden, I just kept diving in deeper and deeper, asking questions, trying to learn, and then hearing people, just people that I never met, continue to order and come back and find value in what we were doing is what got me to officially say in September of 2021, I am going to launch this business. I am going to do this. And I'm going to try my hardest to learn everything about CPG and play catch up (laughs) and really, really make sure that this brand gets out there. So you you did it. So I am a big proponent of like selling something before it's actually built or made, um, it, it lights a fire under you because you don't want to be embarrassed, right? <laughs> so, so you're going to go and do the thing yeah. and make it happen. So that's that's really cool. So talk about a little bit about your background. You have a sister. Like, how did mm-hmm. you guys grow up? And like, did you bake at home? Like, was baking a thing or cooking a thing with the family? Like, give, give me a yeah. little bit of background. So, um, so I'm half Moroccan, half Bengali. Both sides of the family are all about food. Like everything is about food. It's not about diets or skimping. It's about like indulgence. And for me, um, when I came here, I actually moved when I was five. Um, it was tough for me because my parents didn't really settle in one place. So I, I went from, you know, coming to a new country, learning a new language, being in Queens, getting the Queens vibe. And then all of a sudden at 11, be like, now we're going to move to Long Island. You're going to move to a suburb. (laughs) And nothing that you wear is going to be what these kids wear. And you're going to have to fit into a new culture, a new dynamic. And for me, where my comfort was, was in social food gatherings where I could connect with people and where I could find some joy. So for me, food has been very much a part of my life. One thing that my family did, we didn't do um, dinners every night together, but we did always have like Saturday, Sunday breakfast together, like brunch. And those were big events. And with our brunches, it wasn't about eating like eggs and toast. It was like eating (laughs) lots of carbs, even like rice and curry dishes. Um, I remember there's this dish called egg luna, which I love. And um, we also used to make sweets. So my dad would make homemade halwa and he'd have this little song that he would sing. And <laughs> I just, i that's where the name Dalsi really comes from. Dalsini, I couldn't pronounce it. So I would call cinnamon Dalsi. And that's kind of where that feeling of home came from and why I named the brand Dalsi. But yeah, we used to cook. We love food. My sister also loves food. She would be the baker, actually. I'm more the cook. Okay. I... If I had to go to culinary school, it wouldn't be for being a pastry chef, ironically. (laughs) So cool. So tell us, let's talk about it. So you were, you know, you worked your corporate job and then you decided to launch this business and then you got pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about that. Okay. Well, anyone listening, don't do that. (laughs) Do not do that. Um, Yeah. I, I guess I, I was still in denial when I was pregnant <laughs> that I was going to start this business. Um, during pregnancy, it, it, in early days, you saw me. I was still there. I was still being myself, moving about. But then I don't think I shared this with you. Um, in my third trimester, I was told that I was high risk and that I had to be at bed rest. 
Oh, wow. I didn't know and that. And yeah. that, yeah. So it, it, there was a lot of emotional, uh, you know, struggle there because I wanted to be there. I couldn't be there. I had to grow this business. So I had to find a way to be there, but then not also like put myself or my baby in danger. So I was, did I break some rules? Yeah. In hindsight, was that risky? Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. I was trying to balance it out. And then post the baby was the bigger struggle. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry about that. So I actually am happy, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be really transparent about this. I did go through postpartum anxiety. I mm. never knew that that portion kind of existed. I always thought it was postpartum depression. Turns out there's postpartum rage too. Didn't know oh, that wow. either. Wow, okay. And my anxiety just really, really, you know, pushed me in a way where I needed to do Dulcy to feel like I had some semblance of control in myself again as a new mother. Yeah. So in a way, it helped in that direction, but in another way, it's it, it 20, 2021 to 2022 has been the hardest few months, I would say, or a year of my life because emotionally, mentally, I've been trying to stay focused while also healing myself and getting my mental health right. And now I'm finally at the place where I'm like, all right, now I can get my body right and get strong again and get healthier again because I do care about all of those holistic components. Right. I remember being so impressed. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, she's having this baby. She's hired these employees who are fantastic, by the way, because I got a chance to work with them. I work I work with everybody's employees, so I got a chance to work with them. So I was like, wow. I was just so impressed by that, not really knowing the background of kind of what you were going through. So yeah. um, behind wow. closed doors, I was struggling. I was just trying to survive. Yeah, and and it, and it happens. And thank you so much, you know, for sharing. And I'm so now like I'm so happy that you're in a better place. So you did all of this. I believe you also raised money during all that time as well. Can you want to talk a little bit about your your how you raise money and for the business? Yeah, I I wasn't sure what avenue I was going to go down. I thought I would do like a small friends and family round, and then I realized I don't have wealthy friends and family. So. <laughs> <laughs> So I just started really focusing on networking and trying to meet angels that, you know, had the same vision and um, believed in what I was trying to build with this brand. And um, I was lucky enough where I really connected with two individuals, one person in particular. Um, uh, I don't think he'll mind if I say his name, okay. Anoush. Um, he's, now he, everybody's going to call Anoush and be like, I need some money, <laughs> yeah, Anoush. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, no. But he really is like, I know it sounds tacky, but he's my angel. angel. Yes. Like he has really, really, helped me understand how to build a business even though his background's in pharmaceuticals and healthcare that's his background he just really understands the framework and has really guided me through this and has given me a lot of grace to also heal in my personal life and be able to take time to be a, a new mom as well so I am so thankful for him but yeah I raced and I I um instead of you know, continuing to try to go down a road that a lot of people were telling me where I had to speak to hundreds and hundreds of people. I, you know, I met the right person and I took a risk and I said, hey, do the two of you just want to do the whole round? <laughs> Thinking they would say no, like you're crazy. But um, they said yes. And, and I think a lot of luck had to do with it. I mean, it was my ability to be confident enough to ask sure. and show them the evidence. But I do also believe that it was luck. I, I, I had someone who introduced me to the right people at the right time. I think you were ready. I mean, honestly, like the product is amazing. Um, I'm a big fan of people that focus on one thing. And so yours happens to be brownies at this moment. And you, you know, you may do something else now, but like brownies and the chocolate's my favorite. <laughs> the chocolate <laughs> almonds, I love it. But yeah, I think, I think um, it was, I, 
flaw. Congratulations for having the guts to ask that question and getting the answer that you that you actually wanted. I think sometimes we just don't ask because the worst thing they were going to say is no. Yeah, which I right? thought they were. I was I was <laughs> I was prepared for it. <laughs> you know, when you don't feel like you have anything to lose, you know, just go for it. Yeah. No, it's Actually, true. go into everything like you have nothing to lose. It's true. That? It's true. Because yeah. you really don't. Because you're going to learn something in the long run. It's yeah. true. It is so yeah. true. So let's talk about parenting a little bit. Um, I always think that if I had started my business earlier, I'd be would have been a different parent. My kids are a little bit older um, than yours. So wondering if you it has it has it informed has entrepreneurship informed the way that you parent your son? I would say so. I, even my husband, I know he's, you know, has his own career, but he's very much in Dulcie. I, you know, he's yeah. been my biggest supporter. I would say, I, I would say yes, even though I don't know any other way. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I pre Dulcie, pre even being a mother, I always had this idea that I would, you know, want to have this kind of work life balance where I'd want to early days be there for my kid, but still have, I don't know. I, I, I believe that you can have it all at the time. I was fooled. <laughs> now, <laughs> now I think what I wanted, what I've, what's really changed for me is that I want to make sure my, my child sees that I'm passionate about something and that I'm going to put the effort in, yeah. but that I still am not going to let that be, the reason why I miss out on other important factors in my life. So I'm really trying. Is is there a balance? No. No. Um, do I know the answer? No. <laughs> but I'm trying, and I think I think what it's doing is it's showing our son that you know he we value him, but we also value that in passion and 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 really putting yourself out there and, and working for something you believe in. Yeah. So interesting. My my son is 20, and he. When we talk, he's Wait, like, I'm stop. so. Stop! You have a 20 year old. I do have a 20 year old son. You didn't know that. So no. my son is 20. My you daughter. You look amazing. Is, thank you. Um, my daughter is 17, and but when I speak to him specifically because he doesn't live at home anymore, he's like, I'm so proud of you all the time, and so he's like paying attention. So which I didn't think they were like really paying attention because when I launched the business, he was in high school. So it's like now, I'm like I, it makes me feel kind of good. So you. You're you're on the right track and <laughs> doing a good That's thing. That's amazing. I I don't know why, but I thought you had like a seven year old. <laughs> no. I should have no, asked. No. I'm like, how old are they? <laughs> no. So, what is um one thing you miss about working in corporate America? I'm. It's lonely. I miss yeah. team camaraderie and office space. And what are you doing to kind of help yourself? Like, have have you been able to build a community around around yourself? Yeah, not the traditional type. Um, like, I mean, obviously, Dulcie, my goal is to build the team and have sure. that. But um, in the meantime, it's trying to connect with other people in this space. Other founders have been so helpful, especially when I'm going through my lolos where I'm like, oh, what am I doing? It's been nice to call them and be like, have you experienced this? And just hear someone else's perspective who can empathize. That's great. So um, before we jumped on, we were talking about um, you kind of jumping into the business and not knowing um, kind of what, not everything, you knew kind of what you wanted to do accomplish, but didn't really know the industry very well. What did you do so our kind of listeners could hear from you? What did you do so you could learn the industry? I did. Like, I just, I I went through the motion. Well, I was lucky. I had funding early on yeah. to do this. Um, if I didn't, I'd probably go a different route. But what I did was I tried to talk to as many people who I felt like made it. And I did that in quotes. You never <laughs> know. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I didn't like take everything, you know, uh, 
exactly like they said, but I, I tried to be inspired and learn from that as I went. And I did, I made a tremendous amount of mistakes. And then what really hit me was if I'm going to really do this, is there like a master's CPG class that I could take? And that's what brought me to accelerators. And that's why I went ahead and applied to the SKU East Coast uh, cohort. Um, luckily, I, I, I got in and, and that was where I feel like I had a master course and then connected with really, really amazing mentors who still even now are helping guide me through just everything CPG <laughs> related. <laughs> um, and what I learned is there's I thought I there was a lot that I didn't know. But then after that course, I realized how much I really didn't know. And it's really helped shape the way I'm you know, growing this business and how I want to grow this business. So what types of things didn't you know that you that you learned going through that process? I do think accelerator programs are really important to the success of businesses like yours. Small things that one would think are on not that critical, like your pack pack sizes, how many pack sizes will you have? Um, how to like think about forecasting. Like, you know, you, you know, there's this con, like I have this idea of forecasting, but I never really thought about the implications and like, do you spend the dollars up front and then order less and, and, and keep iterating um, the impacts of brand. Obviously I always cared about brand from the get go. That's something you and I spoke about, but even with what I started with, I still didn't feel like it was strong. So, now I'm in the market and I have this messaging and I want to change it. You know, what are the impacts there? It, it, it kind of the, the program and the mentors really just helped me put it together. What I struggled with the most is my pitch. Mm. I'm not a good uh, formal presenter. <laughs> <laughs> I also have a South Asian problem of being humble. It's like a thing where you're taught culturally to never, ever talk up anything, even if it's factual, like right, don't, right. don't say it. And that's been one of my biggest challenges where the accelerator just pushed me every week to go in front of everyone unprepared and just pitch the brand and talk about it. And they're like, why are you freaking out? These are facts. And I'm like, <laughs> can I say that? Policy's the best because I believe it, but I don't know if I can say it. And um, th those are the those are the aspects I didn't realize I was going to learn and I was going to be able to practice and try and overcome. So when you um, thank you for sharing that. So when you kind of started the business, what did you do first? Because I think a lot of times it, it, people's people's um, trajectories are different. So I met a, a woman who she created her brand first and then she figured out what product she was going to create. What, like what, what kind of road did you take to kind of get to where you are? Yeah, I decided to I actually remember this day I had this massive whiteboard in my in my condo. <laughs> I, um, I what I wanted to do was identify in in that sweet category that I had felt like was missing a brand what that brand was. And if I could just take a wand and have like a a magic moment, um, what would that brand be? So it was really, really, um, it was really high, very high level. Like, what would I want this brand to be? Who would I want this, the people in the brand to be? And what is our goal? And really, uh, when I look at those bullet points, I still have the the image, like the pictures that Niall took um, in the videos. And it, the board literally says like, I want people to have the freedom to indulge and I don't want them to have to worry about their health and just be happy and joyful and, in, and I started with that. And what I did from that moment was then I try to do a lot of surveys just to identify if there were other individuals out there. I use SurveyMonkey. I 
pay, you know, spent my own money to just identify like, all right, do people want sweets? <laughs> do right. they want them as snacks? And if they do, are they like me? Do they like brownies? Like, cause I, that I came in with a bias. I loved brownies and I was mm-hmm. like, if I see another cookie out there, I might like, <laughs> 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 I might lose it. Um, but turns out my bias wasn't wrong. Like once I started pulling in the data to support that, um, turns out brownies are really popular. Like they're the top like the uh, the top three eaten snack out there and dessert out there, they also are quite popular with Americans and very nostalgic and and they're versatile. People don't realize that blondies can be so versatile and and brownies too. And we can yeah. there's so many unique flavor profiles. So I I did that and I didn't think about the product first. I didn't think about the food science, which in hindsight I probably would have, but I'm actually glad I didn't because that iteration and constantly trying to figure out the recipe is what made, I think, Dulcie what it is today. Yeah, I think um, that that's really important uh, because, yes, yeah, so I think the iteration and iteration is what kind of helps you get to, to, where, mm-hmm. you, to where you are, for sure. So um, I've been asking everyone this because I, I always wonder, um, what's, what, is, what do you do to relax um, and I say that, I know I laugh, everybody laughs. It's a true because, I, and I know firsthand since I have a business myself that I'm like constantly thinking about my business. I talk about my business all the time. I talk about it with my husband. I think my daughter could pitch the business. Like it's all these things, parents, everybody, like the people could do it. Right. So, so I'm actively working to try to relax and do something different. So I'm wondering what you're working on. What do you do? <laughs> uh, so embarrassing to say I put on Bravo and I binge watch reality okay. TV. And <laughs> I just take a moment where I don't think like I need that hour where it, I'm watching something that just makes me giggle. And it's not about how do I scale this business or like, <laughs> oh my God, how do I produce this new P- like next PO or how do I, you know, oh crap, we're out of, you know, this skew, like what do we do um, right. kind of a thing. So that's been helping. Um, pre dulcy I had such a regimen. I wake up, I'd meditate, have my cup of coffee, mm-hmm. I'd go on a long walk. I used to work out back then, Java. I used to do weightlifting. <laughs> <laughs> um, then I'd come home, make like an amazing breakfast. Um, and all I'm trying to do now is just get get some of that back. So yeah. um, I can't get all of that back, but I am trying to get at least my med- morning meditation back now for 10 minutes. It's not no. what it used to be. That's great. I mean, I know having a, you know, a child, especially a small child is challenging and kind of disrupts the morning routine that you want to have. But I will say it does, it gets better. (laughs) (laughs) They get bigger, it gets better. It's it's all good. Um, So what's one piece of advice that you could give to someone that wants to leave their day job to start a food business? Um, or well, many was, pieces of advice. You can yeah, more than one. <laughs> well, I actually was thinking about this recently, and I do wish that somebody was there early on to de-glamorize entrepreneurship. Mm. Not that I don't want people to start. I just, <laughs> I just, I think a lot of people don't realize that in every industry, there's not the people don't start on the same starting line, and. I think we all watch the trajectory of people who are probably starting way ahead. Right. And, and it's a great thing. I'm not faulting anyone. Everyone has their own advantages depending on what they do and disadvantages. And I feel like we just glamorize it. We also 
really, really do put down people who are entrepreneurs when they do need a break, when they do need to like take care of other things. Um, Or if they're not made of money, need to find a way to survive and pay their bills. I think I saw on LinkedIn the other day, I won't name names, somebody say that if you take a salary and you're starting a business, then like you're in the wrong business. You're not a founder, you're not an entrepreneur. And I thought, well, people have bills. They do. Yes. People people put their whole life (laughs) savings into bootstrapping what they started. People have really bad credit card debt. Like they have mouths to feed. That's not them being greedy. That's them trying to be strong. And I would tell someone who really wants to start something, don't try to follow any path that you're seeing of anyone else. I would sit down and think about what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What do I bring to the table? Don't, don't get nervous if you don't know an industry. I don't, but be prepared to learn, be prepared to ask and be prepared to have low lows and high highs and surround yourself with people who will be there for both, not just one occasion. That That's excellent advice. You're right. There are low lows and, and high highs for sure. Sometimes in the same day, sometimes in the same hour. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So as you know, at Hudson Kitchen, we have a bell that we ring. We have our money bell. And um, I wanted to ring it for you. And if you could tell us something that you are celebrating right now, either personally or professionally. Yeah, um, I would say I'm I'm so proud that Dalcy has nationwide distribution. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, and that um, this this summer, you know, we had our first six figure month. Wow! Amazing! Congratulations! Thank you. That's so um, cool. And you know, now I have to keep it up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't doubt that you will. You will for sure. Thank so, you. So, Najwa, thank you for being here. Um, please let our listeners know where they can find you and learn more about Dalsy. Yeah. So, um, the best place to, you know, get exclusive deals and learn more about Dalsy is dalsy.com. Um, and, you know, sign up for our newsletter if you're interested in learning more about just different holistic health facts, and, you know, food facts, and also get good deals on <laughs> <laughs> brownies. Cool. Thank you so much. The Food Means Business podcast is produced by Hudson Kitchen. It's recorded and edited at the studio at Carney Point. Our theme song is by Damien DeSandes, and I'm your host, Janaba Johnson-Jones. Find out more about Hudson Kitchen by visiting thehudsonkitchen.com or follow us on Instagram at The Hudson Kitchen. Listen, follow, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time. <laughs>